lessons from Elisha is because that's what we need back to church. That's how you're going to repair your marriage. That's how you're going to make a difference in your workplace. That's how you're going to make a difference in your society. That's how you're going to be a better parent, a better grandparent is to be filled with the fire of God. We all know what being filled with the world gets us. Nowhere, nothing but to be filled with that fire of God. And it begins with the passion. It begins with the first step. The first step I ever took to being filled with God's spirit mightily is this one, just step and say, God, I need you. I need that. I need to be filled again. I need that flame of passion. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the second and final part of a powerfully encouraging message titled, Difficulties, Stepping Stones, Not Stumbling Blocks. Amazing Grace author John Newton once said, If the Lord be with us, we have no cause of fear. His eye is upon us, his arm over us, his ear open to our prayer. His grace sufficient, his promise unchangeable. Please join us for today's uplifting message of hope as Pastor Shane revitalizes us with the truth of God's living word, reminding us to cast all our fears, all anxiety on Jesus today, for he truly does care for you. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. My brother-in-law, some of you know, you've asked me about it. He comes here, they, they sit, he sits back there. He was down a ditch this yesterday, I think, or the day before. And he had a uh, one of those saws, a gas saw. And they're very strong because they cut ductile pipe, metal pipe. And I used to use those. The blade's about this long. And it, it just spins thousands of times per second. It's just, you're sawing this pipe. And it kicked back and it hit his jaw. And it cut his jaw, broke his jawbone, and went and slit his throat. And there's a big opening in his throat. It was, at, it was at Palmda Hospital, and the doctor said, you are one lucky man. Because if that would have been a little deeper, or right on that main artery, there's no way you could stop that blood flow. And the fear, you know, family, and, and uh, especially for work, and what about work, disability, and how long this is going to last, and just a lot of fears going on with my sister, and 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 talking to them, but they're you know they're handling it well, and that happens to a lot of us. It, something comes in our life; it challenges our faith. Uh, I've shared this before when we first planted the church, and, and I mean, so many people are encouraging. Don't get me wrong, but it's like one out of ten <laughs> would say, "Oh, you're doing what? You're gonna? You don't plant churches on Saturday." That won't work Saturday night. Nobody wants to go to church Saturday night. I'm like, oh, I start to go home till I'm working. I don't know if this is going to work. Did God really tell us to do this? Or my favorite, I still run to people. Hey, is that pastor thing still working out for you? You know, are you, are you, is that what you're doing? Like you just change, you know, and just, oh, I tried it for a little while. It didn't work. And, you know, and just, and people, and they're like, why, why are you doing that? At that time I was in real estate. 
I had to earn money for the family. I was doing really good. Top, top 5% in our office. They gave me an office. They wanted me to just keep, you know, the numbers and I was getting four or five listings sometimes a month and sales and 30 buyers at one time. It was just busy, busy. Oh, I mean, you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to succeed in this and be the next whatever. And then God, a year into it, God said, Hey, it's time to plant a church. Everybody's like, why? What, what's wrong with what you're doing? I don't know, but God, I think I'm supposed to plant a church. I don't, there's nothing wrong. And, and God would often use that. He, he puts scaffolding up in our lives that we try to hang on to. And looking back when I was in construction, when I was 17, 18, 19, I fell back on that in 2001, 2002. I had my class A license where I drove, drove heavy equipment. I've let it elapse twice now. And I should have kept, I'm going to let my real estate license elapse now, which you work so hard for because these are just scaffoldings uh, that God gives us sometimes in our life. And a lot of fear comes in though, when we're, when we're making different decisions and we're trusting God. But let me tell you this, if you sincerely want to trust God and you say, God, I don't know where this decision is going to go. I don't even know if this is you or not. It, it, there's there's integrity here. Uh, it, it seems to line up according to your word. There's an open door, but I don't know. Would you show me? I'm, I'm humbly submitting to your will. Would you show me? He'll open them and close amazing doors. He shut doors that I thought nobody could shut. And he opened doors, tremendous doors that nobody can open on their own unless God, and God will honor that he, and say, Lord, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Here's what I say sometimes. Lord, I trust you hundred and a thousand percent. I don't trust me though all the time. So I don't know, is this me or is this you? Would you show us what to do? God, show us what that looks like. One thing I'll tell you about that, um, something we're praying about, I don't even know what it looks like, but on Sunday mornings, it's, you know, there's a lot of new faces. We've got 30 new people coming to the meet and greet this month. And uh, a lot of people come, but a lot of people leave. It's kind of a, the treadmill church, I call it. You know, okay, I'm enough, I've heard enough of this guy. I'm out of here. Or they move lot, tons of families moving. I've talked to other pastors. We've never seen this amount of people moving ever before, especially out of California. It's just, it's just happening all the time. And at some point, though, people are asking, what are we, are we going to start a third service? Because the sanctuary is full at the second, the balcony is getting full. We're just going to trust God. We've got an overflow room. We'll see how that works. We put 30 chairs in one Sunday or a couple Sundays ago, and, and we're just trusting on God. I don't have answers. I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know because that's a, that's a big step. You tax, you tax the worship team a lot more, the ushers, right, Mike? You're back to going, oh, yeah. Myself, uh, you know, we got to, you got to be strategic. There's nothing to rush into. Uh, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with filling it up more. You know, there is room. Um, but what happens, people, you know, they come in, they see a full church. It's hard to get seated. They want to, they don't want to invite your friends. So there's a dynamic there that takes place. It's called the, the 80, 20 rule and church growth models and things like that. But of course we trust God, not, not, you know, people can stand up if they're really wanting to come like what they did with Chuck Smith. When we started Calvary Chapel, they're sitting on the front row, you know, hippies in their, no shoes on teaching the Bible. And so just those kind of things. We don't know. Lord, is this you? Is it us? Is it? What are you wanting us to do? And he would, he'll make that clear. Uh, planting churches. Do we plant churches? Well, if there's no open doors, that's a no. If there's an open door, then there's a yes. So we, we just, we kind of wait on God in my own life. There's fears, uh, with my kids, with my children as, 
as I get older, they get older, so many, you know, how, how do you provide for them? Uh, now I understand when they said they'll eat you out of house and home. And they're still little. Like this is can't, this cannot continue. We have to get our own cow and our own goat and our own chickens. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing at the fear that can come in. But fear always opposes faith. You can't have both. You really can't. You'll struggle with it, but fear cannot dominate your life, and you'll also have faith dominate your life. You, there, one or the other is going to dominate. It's going to be that controlling aspect. When it's fear, it's you wake up in the morning. What's on the news? What's going to happen? Oh no, we get that fear going, and I don't know. And, and we operate in that, and we make decisions based on that. And we treat others based on our fear, and we start to think along those lines. But when faith is active, that's a whole new ball game. We walk out boldly. We have faith that God is going to move. We, we trust in God, and we live according to His word. Here comes fear. Okay, fear, go sit. I'm going to kick you out of there. And you begin to take your, those thoughts captive. That's what, when Paul said you don't even have a spirit of fear, meaning there's the, the spiritual side of you, the, the Holy Spirit. It's not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of peace and of, of a sound mind. So think about that. What fears do you need to give to God tonight? Is it parenting? Is it your health? Is it not understanding certain things? Is it your job? Is it your marriage? Are you fearing your marriage? There's a lot of people on the brink of divorce. A lot of marriage is crumbling around. It's good to give God these fears. Also, what dead things need to be revived, just like we saw with this son? Is there something in your life that was dead and it needs to be revived? Something that God has given you? Something that God spoke to you? Something, a passion you had? Something you've wanted to do? A dream that God has said, hey, I believe this is a God-given dream, but what happens? It dies. And I believe God sometimes wants to resurrect those. What needs to be revived? Take it to the Lord. And then I also like this point, he cried out to the Lord. And then again it says he cried out. And you'll often see, especially in the Bible, and I wish we did it more in our own personal lives. Not You don't have to do it here, obviously, but in, or, or get loud at home or anything, but there should be a crying out. There should be a passionate plea. Like when Jesus saw Jerusalem, he cried out, oh, Jerusalem. When he saw the people and he saw their spiritual need, he cried out. It says, he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness will be filled. If you hunger and you thirst, cry out to me my burden is easy I will give you rest and you see Jesus crying out from the cross my God my God you, there's this crying out you see the prophets crying out you see the disciples people throughout the Bible they cried out Hannah give me a child Rachel give me a, a child lest I die there's a crying out there that and it's, it's very biblical and I think sometimes the church has to get back to that again God's not looking at the volume but he's looking at the heart. There's a pleading. There's a travailing. The old saints used to say, we would, we would, we would travail in prayer all night until God answered. We held on until the, God came and he answered and, and we fought and we fought the flesh. We fought, uh, the desire to fear and to run and retreat and we pressed in. And what, just that word pressed in, what does that give you an idea of? A pressing machine and, and pressing in and it, th this, this, this concept out there that Christianity is, is easy. And you know, here, let me put this in the microwave. One minute. Oh, there we go. My steak is done. 
two minutes or whatever. And we have this idea that everything's quick and, and, and pressing in is not seeking God, waiting on God. It's not quick. I'm still in the process of that many, many weeks or months later, still pressing in on issues, still pleading for God to do something, still crying out, but you fight and you fight again and you get back up and you fight again and you cry out and you say, God, I'm not laying hold of you. I'm not letting go like Jacob did. I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. And that, that, that begins to, to just well up inside of you. He cried out to God. And I'm wondering how many of us need to do that this evening. Maybe even come to the altar. You know, it should be a place of comfort, the altar should be. It should be a place of, okay, God, I'm, I'm submitting, I'm laying down my life to you. Just, just a, a crying. Again, and it doesn't even have to be vocals. Oh, God! Crying out could be something in the heart and quietness of your soul where you're wrestling with God. That's why, that's why daily devotionals are so important. This is when we cry out to God in our time with God. This is why you, I, I just, just a tip. I have the word of God open sometimes and I'll just, I'll just look at certain verses. I'll read, of course, but I'll listen to worship and I'll just cry out, God, your word says, your word says, if you seek me, you will find me. God, I want to seek you. Let, let justice run down like a river. Let righteous run down like a mighty stream. God said, put away the sound of your instruments. Put away your worship team and let justice run down. Let righteousness. And, and I pray, oh God, what does that look like? Look at our government. Look at our schools. God, we're so broken before you. God, we cry out. God, we cry out. We want to make a difference. And you begin to plead the blood of Christ. You begin to get passionate passionate you begin to get fired up about the things of God because you're looking at his word you're looking to worship and the spirit of the living God that we just sang it spirit of the living God fall afresh on me fall in this room fall on my families don't you want your kids to wake up hungry for the word of God instead of hungry for Netflix God will answer have your children, have your spouse wake up hungry, forgotten. You plead, you stand in behalf, on behalf of that person before God. You actually come between the person and God, and you're there as an intercessor. What does an intercessor do? Are they bored? Ask a mom crying out for her children, hook, child hooked on heroin if she's bored during prayer. Or ask a dad if he's pleading for the soul of his daughter as she, as she screams out of the house, runs and, and says, I'm going to never come back. Are they bored? No, they cry out. You have to get your heart back to that place of, of crying out. Revival. We see revival here. Dead comes back to life. Isn't it interesting? What we're praying for, what we're hoping for, is we see in this example of this boy, all revival is, you hear me talk about revival a lot, and it's our only hope. The reason I mention that is we've crossed a line many years ago. We've taken, God out, we've taken God out of the schools, out of the government offices. We are so politically correct, it makes me sick sometimes. Oh, there goes another cross at a memorial. God forbid an atheist gets offended. There goes another cross off the sign on a freeway. Remember when California removed something off the seal? Off its seal. It's been for, for I don't know how many years. I don't want to say the wrong, 150 years. Who knows? And we're getting, and we're, and we see that this, 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 uh, move towards even assisted suicide. I'm, I'm, well, I'm depressed. I'm this. And here's a pill. Just end it. And we see, we see all these things. It's just out of control. So our only hope is God reviving 
his people. What other hope is there? 2020, the next election? Hollywood's getting more upset at Christians. The world's getting more upset at Christians. They're wanting to silence what we do. They're wanting to get rid of God. So you need God to revive. What is that? To awaken what is dead. What is dead? A spear-filled, passionate church on fire for God that makes a difference in their community. They run for office. They pray for those in office. They, they, they make a difference in their schools. They write curriculum. All areas of life is saturated by the power and presence of God. The revival books I read, they close down bars. They close down saloons prostitutes came to know the Lord. They gave up that trade. Cities were transformed. They'd be walking down the streets worshiping and and crying out to God. Why? Because revival. God awoke His people. And that's what needs to happen. That's why the church, we, sh- we should make, try to make it a point to be at the Sunday morning prayer and worship times or Wednesday nights. That's, that, these are going to ma- be mainly designed for our goal still is to get back to just praying and worshiping a little bit of the Word and just being a time of, of coming together and crying out to God and getting that midweek jump back. I don't know you, about you, but by Wednesday, you've, I've seen enough news stories. I've heard enough negative press. I've been visiting people, hospitals or whatever it is, and you just need to be recharged. You need to revive, be revived. So that's what I mean by revival. We see that perfect example of this, of this boy. Something that is dead comes back to life. God revives the people. And you'll see a Christian. Many times Christians need revival. They just don't know it until they hear a convicting sermon. Because they're going through the motions, going to church. They have a Bible. They might read it, but they're just, they're just dead to the things of God. And God revives that person. And then they become on fire for God. That's revival. God re- is reviving His, His people, His church, if they want it. So that's my thought for you tonight, or my question. Do you want that revival fire of God? Do you want God to revive something in your life that's, that's been dead? Or maybe, maybe you've never experienced that before. Maybe you've never experienced the revival fire of God or that, that, that what it is, it's a burning passion for God. You look at the clock, you're like, oh, it's only, I, I, I want to get up now. It's only 3 a.m. It's only 4 a.m. It's only whatever it is. I can't wait till I get up and spend time with God. I can't wait till I get home and I can read the Bible or I can read books on prayer and I can't wait to put on worship music and I can't wait to run into somebody that needs help and needs prayer. This It's the revival fire of God. Everywhere you go, someone or something is touched and it's living for God. There's a passion. There's excitement. Think about this for a minute. And, and I get bored sometimes, so don't, don't think I'm super Christian. But when we're talking about the living God, shouldn't we be excited? The living God that's spoke to us in his word, the living God that fills us with his spirit that says, go out and do great exploits, do wonderful things for me, pray for those who are sick, witness on the street, lead people to the throne room of my grace, build them up, encourage them, make a difference in your side. The living God who puts all this, the universe in the palm of his hands. He says, I'm going to speak directly to you. I want to spend time with you. I want to hear your prayers. I want to hear your cries. And I will answer the cries of my people. Just call on me and I will answer. Where does your help come from? From me, the living God. That should not be boring. I'm sorry. Everything else should be boring compared to that. So we have to ask the question, why then is it boring for many people? 
Why is God boring? That'd be a good book title. Why is God boring? Why, why is the church and, and the Bible and all these things often boring? It's because we, re- we need that revival fire. Listen, I've lived on the board side of the property line, and I've lived on, the, on fire for God's side, and there is no difference. I mean, there's, 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 no, there's a huge difference. I mean, there's, there's the, you know what I'm trying to say, right? There's a huge difference. There's no going back. There, there's, it, it's like night and day. It's, it's wanting to live for God and wanting to ignore God and not have anything to do with God because God's going to ruin my life. I just want to do things the way I want to do them. He's going to ruin my job if I speak up. He's going to ruin me having fun. And we begin to just live in this, 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 uh, this really this worldly mindset. If we have a passion for the things of the world and not a passion for God, then that's what's controlling us. The love of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. And God wants to revive that, I believe. So those are the questions I want to throw, throw out to you. I believe they've, got, they've been on my heart all week. Has something dried up in your life? Has something dried up in your life? Is God wanting to move you on? But you're holding on. You're holding on. You're not going to let it go. But you know God wants you to let it go. Let that go tonight. Also, what fears do you need to give to God? What fears? A lot of us struggle with anxiety, fear. It's debilitating. Like, yeah, I'm so worried about you fill in the blank. What fear do you need to give to God tonight? I believe he'll alleviate that pain. What dead things need to be revived in your life? Something that is dead, a dream you had, maybe a prayer for a loved one, maybe a prayer for a, 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 a child. Have you ever prayed for somebody you were so passionate about that prayer and then a year later, you don't even pray anymore? What happened? We lost that fire. We lost that zeal. We lost that passion we once had. And God's not on our timetable. See, remember that. God's not on a timetable. He often uses a timetable for us, but he's not on a timetable. So if there's something you feel, you know what, you feel it resonating. You feel, okay, it's time to press in again. It's time. I've got some things on my list. They've been on, they've been getting some dust lately that I need to put that list out in front of me. Say, I'm going to pray for these things. I believe there's things out there that are so big. It has to be God. If you can do it on your own, it's probably not God. So pray for things, press in what dead things need to be revived. And if you need revival in your own life, then cry out, cry out to God. Just say, I need that. I need to be filled again with God's spirit. And these lessons from Elisha, that's why it's called a prophet on fire or prophet of fire. And he was on fire is because that's what we need back to church. That's how you're going to repair your marriage. That's how you're going to make a difference in your workplace. That's how you're going to make a difference in your society. That's how you're going to be a better parent, a better grandparent, is to be filled with the fire of God. We all know what being filled with the world gets us. Nowhere. Nothing. But to be filled with that fire of God, and it begins with the passion. It begins with the first step. The first step I ever took to being filled with God's Spirit mightily is this one. Just step and say, God, I need you. I need that. I need to be filled again. I need that flame of passion. And that's, that's, that's where it starts. You don't have to have a checklist of 10 things. Cancel Netflix. Go through your movie choices, your media choices. Do this, do this, do this. Oh, once you do all... Now, there might be some good things God's convicting you of. But the first step is admitting and repenting and saying, I need that fire back. I need that passion back. Your turn to shine. You born for such a time as
You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship.